0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void required prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Recorded live.
0: Welcome, everyone, to our live discussion call. Um, I'm Jeanette, and I am excited to hear what you guys have been up to with your return charts. Me too. <laughs>
1: Everybody pipe up. I wanna hear what you've seen, what you'd like to look at. We, we let's focus on the uh annual returns. So if you've got a solar return or a Mercury return or Venus return.
2: Um, well, I'm Quilly's but, gonna voice raise her voice. I did everything for next year, you because know, my birthday's in February and I thought I might not get a chance to do this when it comes around. So my my Venus return and my solar return both have Libra rising so I'm Ooh. thinking that might be fun <laughs> That's what I'm about that
1: <laughs> and are how close are they because sometimes your Venus and Mercury returns can be uh, kind of mimic the solar return or be quite supportive of it quite similar did, did you
2: put them up on are any of them up on the in the gallery I didn't get a chance to do that on the count. I didn't oh. think I was going to be here. I didn't want to waste everybody's time looking at them. Uh, Mercury, oh. Mercury return has one degree of Sagittarius rising. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, solar return has eleven degrees of Libra rising, and Venus return has twenty-eight degrees of yeah twenty-eight degrees of Libra rising. So I mean, I I know they're close together, but they don't always coincide being in the same sign. So I'm happy. Oh, none at all. Yeah,
1: that's really
2: that's really cool. So, what what does this suggest to you? It suggests that.
0: Um, did we cut out a bit there, Jeanette? Oh,
1: Gosh, I hope it's not I me. I
0: think so. No, it's not you. Oh, okay. I think we did lose Quilly just briefly. All right. Can I tell you what I think it suggests? <laughs> I can't wait to hear. <laughs> and she'll come all
1: clearly. Uh Well, I think what she said from the start, remember the ascendant, it adds a kind of layer. It's like you get up in the morning, what am I going to wear today? So for that year, she's, she's wearing a bit more Libra. She's coming across um, a, possibly more social, more interested in one-on-one connection, Um, I don't think she could get more interested in her art. But if we shift, if we look at the natal, and remember the natal has Capricorn rising, natally, turning the dial to Libra kind of focuses a lot of that very powerful earthy energy, the desire to build, into relationship. And the desire to build relationship perhaps becomes more more focus more interesting to her and she'll come across that way and i think when you come across more interested in people and connecting and talking and socializing then you get more of it,
0: <laughs> it just kind of
1: feeds in don't you think to that
0: agreed
1: the other really cool thing when you have remember whatever's on the ascendant of the return chart we want to go back to the natal and look and at look what at house. house. Is, oh, she's back. Clearly? Yep. She might have been talking that whole time. Interesting. I hate when uh, that go, happens. <laughs> I know. And yeah, I know. Uh, what house? is ruled by Libra in the natal chart because it brings it to the first house importance. It brings it to the spotlight. And this is doubly so in because she has it in two of her return charts for that year. I'm guessing that's for her 2016 year. Um, <clears throat> so that's her... I'm just remembering her chart, but she's got a Libra midheaven. Am I right? Does anybody remember that? She's cap rising... And I'm trying to find a chart and a am through. It's kind of a little deeper, but I think it's late degrees, like 20 something Libra with, with, or I don't know what degree it is, but it has Neptune. It's conjunct Neptune. Libra rising. Pretty, uh, sorry, Libra midheaven. I'm pretty darn sure. So if that's the case, the 10th house comes to the foreground and it becomes a first house importance. So... I just see her charming her way into new career paths and new Ooh. avenues of her um social identity and her um her public image is is more out there and more um more activated
0: Does that makes that make sense It does make sense um but yeah. it does look like we Lost Quilly. Yeah, she'll have to. Uh, That's one of the first
1: things that um, I do when I see a return chart. I mean, everybody kind of gets in their own kind of uh, zone or routine of how they unpack a return chart. But one of the very first things I do is look at what's rising, what's it bringing, what in the natal chart does it bring to the ascendant. That's kind of my door in. It doesn't have to be. There's a lot of kind of first steps you can take, but it's the one I like, I like to do. So if that comes to mind. Who else played with a return chart that wants to elaborate or ask? Uh, obviously, if there's any questions that you have about the recording from last week, let's hear that straight up, too.
0: challenge here oh,
3: a, wanted to dive in Hi. um I did notice something i uh because I have to say i've done i haven't posted my Venus return charts in the gallery I only just did them last night um and both I did them because uh, the, with the with long Venus retrograde the the two return dates are quite a long way apart for so I think it's i don't know. November last year and December this year or something crazy like that. Um oh wow. But what what I thought was interesting was that both of them have the same ascendant, not the same degree, but they're both in Leo. And and then I turned around and looked at my solar return for this year for the birthday coming up in October, and it's another Leo ascendant. And I'm kind of I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by all this fire. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I'm finding bit, that was kind of a side note, really. But the question I suppose I want to ask is because we're looking at you know we're looking at annual returns, so we're looking at three different things at least. Um, uh, it, I, how do we how do we kind of weave together all the different incoming information about you know? Uh, now I'm assuming that I wouldn't. Probably, I don't know that a client would ever want me to do this for them. Maybe they would, but uh, and I understand the idea that you know it, we're looking at um, different aspects. Uh, but it it feels a bit, it just feels a bit overwhelming to try and keep track. That's what I'm. That's what I mean. It's like we've got the, you know, I've got my solar return, then I look at my. Make you return, I've got my Jupiter return that's just happened in July. And there are all these different versions of the energies that are at play. The different versions keep bouncing around in my head until I'm kind of, I'm going cross-eyed. I feel like a cartoon character.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> With all these things zipping around their head and going cross-eyed. Um,
1: well,
3: so good, I just wondered, how, how do you kind of integrate them?
1: Well, yeah, that's a really good point. And first of all, doing a lot of return charts in the beginning, think of it as part of your study, part of uh, the learning process, because the more you do, the more affinity you have for them, the more you can glean information from them and start to um, feel confident with the reading of these charts. That's number one. You just think of it, okay, it's like when you go to the library and do research, you're going to grab a bunch of books and you're going to, do whatever it is you're researching and that topic and you read everything you can about it. So it's a little bit of that process, uh, the yes. feeling of, okay, I'm, I'm, this is practice. But it's really no different than looking at different transits. Uh, which can feel overwhelming at first. You feel like, oh, but I got Saturn here saying this thing, and, and Uranus is over here saying that, and here comes Pluto and Neptune, and then what about this Mercury retrograde in my 12th? And um, <laughs> It's the same kind of question, really, because whew, we've only touched the surface in terms of what you can do with the chart. <laughs> and it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And the way that you keep it from all just going nuts in your head is to get very specific, set a specific intention when you look at each each chart. Um, and I we didn't mention no. this, and we're going to on the next call because I'm making a little note here. <laughs> I hope I do, and we'll spend a little time with how important that is, um, because. Okay, so let's say I want to look at my Mercury and Venus and solar return, and they're all happening kind of in the same month, and I I want to compare and contrast, et cetera. Mm. As I do the solar return, I set an intention to glean and explore and immerse in the energy of the upcoming year, because we know it's kind of a general uh, energetic preview of coming attractions and we can look at all the little areas of life or big areas of life around around the clock and then and i might spend some time with that and glean some information from it take some notes everybody should be filling notebooks uh digital or manual for sure because that helps too you just because if you look at it and you just start going through and getting point after point after point, it does jumble. But if you make a little mm. um, bullet list of, uh, what's that list, You make a, a, a list of, a, a point list of, um, you know, focus here, uh, energy here, this house, and you've got five things, right? And then you turn the page. And now you're going to look at your Mercury return. And you set an intention to glean what's happening when it comes to... Communication, uh, the written and the spoken word, uh, commerce, the exchange and flow of energy, ideas, ideas. You might just go, "Where are my big ideas? Okay, what's, where's your uh, uh, stellium? Where is there a lot going on in the um, in whatever house, etc.? So uh, you." You just pick a, a focus there and then you make, again, you make a few points of uh, where it is, where uh, you can see some openings, where you see uh, something new that you haven't experienced before. You make a note and then you'd go to your Venus return and you'd be looking at relationship, but not just uh, specifically relationship. You might be looking at uh, artistic expression Um, and your core values but a cool way to do the venus return is to pick a a core uh, value of venus let's just say relationship for uh to make it easy (laughs) (laughs) at 7 a.m and and you go go around and just glean the relationships of, of each house um The first house, your relationship to yourself and your identity. The second house, your relationship to any financial advisors. It also rules aunts and uncles. (laughs) Third house, siblings. Fourth house, a parent. Fifth house, uh, love affairs and children. Someone very special in your life. Could be a special friend. I'm not using air quotes or anything, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, You know. Yeah, the relationship with your chiropractor or your veterinary surgeon or, you know, uh, to go around and just, it can, you can simplify it that much and just uh, glean what's happening um, for those relationships that year. And that can be just super informative, just that one thing. And uh, yeah, set an, set an intention to of where you want to put your focus. So don't ask the chart never come to the chart and say what can you tell me if you do if you do readings and the client sits down and says what does it say about me it's it's the i promise it's the worst question you'll ever hear so that might be my limiting belief but that is not a question who is my friend at all because it's like it's like looking at war and peace and and somebody saying well What's your favorite page, or what, what does it say? <laughs> what what does this say? <laughs> <It's> like <Yeah. laughs> okay, so um, don't do what you don't want your client to do. What you, the best thing and the easiest thing to answer is something specific. So, what does this say about um, Mercury? Let's say it's Mercury. My uh, where do my best and, and most uh, the the ideas with the most lakes come from this year? Venus return. What what's my uh, relationship going to be um, infused with when it comes to you know a specific um, area of your life or type of uh, person, sibling, partner, you know, uh, employer, employee, that sort of. Um, uh, does does that help? Does that make sense? Yeah,
3: absolutely. No, that's brilliant. Thank you. And and it totally makes sense. And uh, and I realized that because when I was doing um uh, when I was looking at these i i was sort of doing it from that perspective, but then I think it was just doing so many different ones all in a short space of time mm. it was it's uh it's uh it's the thinking back on them rather than the actual it's not when I look at the individual chart when I look at the individual chart, it makes sense it's when I then subsequently kind of look back and then go oh, wait, too, many, too much information, too much, you know, yeah. overload. And, and it, yeah, it's just because I've forgotten what it was when I, and I didn't, and I haven't actually been taking a lot of notes, but, so that's a really good clue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do that when I do that when I look at someone else's chat, but for some reason I don't <laughs> do notes when I look at my own. I don't mm-hmm. know what that I is now.
1: <laughs> I do the same, and it's, uh, I think astrology is a good way to help teach us. It's a little avenue of self-love. Because if we yeah. took as much care with our own chart as we do with our clients' charts, uh, it would, yeah, it's just, it's a gift. It's more of a gift. Like, take the time to read the soul return on one's birthday. Mm-hmm. I think wow. I looked at mine, but did I, you know, kind of go through and make notes? No, not yet. Oh, actually, you know, I did because we did it on... Um, that and I did it on a call. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's the reason why. Okay, so go back and listen to that, Kim. <laughs> I can't remember anyway. So good uh, check that out. But yeah, that's a really that's my that's my approach. And realize that because we're doing a course on this of course, we're. You know, yes. exposing, uh, we want to be exposed to as many possible return charts and, and stir up as many questions, so it's a study. And it's probably not the way you will go forth and do returns. Um, when would you do it with a client? Because they're not going to say, oh, what's my Venus return you know, tell me because most of them aren't even going to know what that is unless you offer them, like they're on your website, Mm. you say Venus Returns, blah, blah, blah. But you may use it, uh, you may want to pull it out if they particularly need a boost and support when it comes to relationships or, or here's where you can really use it. If they're super focused on one particular relationship, usually it's uh, an available one or one that's not, you know, how they come in and they want <laughs> What's a that part of. Yeah, it could be non existent. <laughs> it's well not non existent in their mind, but maybe one that um there's a little bit of fix you know, they're they're focused overly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on yes. on a relationship you want to kinda of, loosen it up a bit and expand because you know what happens when we're just totally fixed on one person a relationship and that's we think that that's the be all and end all that kind of pressure
0: it it, it, that's exactly what it is pressure attachment resistance it doesn't usually allow for the highest vibrations to flow
1: Mm. so if you do a venus return chart for the you can sit down and, t- and talk to them about all the different relationships in their lives and what the, the energetic uh, list is in each one. And it, at least for that moment while they're listening, and hopefully as they re-listen, if you record the call, if you send it in notes or whatever, they get to reread And for a moment, the mind relaxes as they start to think about and appreciate An array of relationships in their lives and the more of course the more we appreciate (laughs) I'm not talking very well appreciate (laughs) the the abundance of our beautiful relationships that's got to ease things up and relax that uh, cyclone that's going on in a particular (laughs) part of the brain (laughs) does that work brain science wise uh, Jan? Uh, yeah absolutely
3: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's exactly what you. It's exactly that. It's that analogy that you use is is exactly it. Where you take the brain's focus somewhere else and um, uh, re- redirect it. You know, it's because uh, it, it's like a it's like a an, a border collie puppy. It'll do what you tell it. But if you're if you're just ignoring it, and letting it track on on default, it'll just keep chewing that same slipper until you give it something else to do. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's very interesting. Oh, gosh. So it's like the brain is like one of those uh, super energetic farm dogs. If you don't train them, they're just a nightmare. But if you yes. like yep. become a trial jogger, what's it called, um, Jeanette, when they the, do all those wonderful, you know, jump over the. They're all directed the trial by hand signal. Tri- is a, it trial dog or something like that? But the
3: Obedient or the the stuff? Yeah. I know there's a. Is- there's another word for it, and I've forgotten it because it's too early yeah. in the morning for me as well.
1: Uh, but anyway, there's a really—if you know that word, put it in the forum, and um, I'll be really excited. But yeah, <laughs> exactly what it's
3: like. It, it's exactly that thing of, especially when it gets fixated on something, it just—it won't stop worrying it until you give it something else to do. And I think this is a really—I really like that—that um, that approach. Uh, I. I I haven't, like I've been doing solar returns for people because that's an easy one to target, that idea of the the personal new year. Um, But I really like the idea of using it when somebody says, when somebody turns up with a specific issue or a specific thing that they're kind of, they've clearly been, um, you know, chewing over. That's why we call it chewing it over. I really haven't got that analogy before, but you know, we chew over a particular problem, and it just gets bigger oh, yeah. and bigger and bigger, and we don't find anything else to think about, this might be a useful way to, you know, if there's something that's <clears throat> it's at least worth having a look at the chart to see if there's something useful there that might help them get unstuck, help them broaden mm. their perspective again. I like it a lot. Thank you.
1: And it has its own name. I mean, it's one thing to say, well, you have this going through that house and whatever, but it's you can present it in a way that opens the mind because you say, this is your mm-hmm. Venus return for the year. Here's your energy around all your relationships. And at first when they hear that, they're just going to be waiting to hear about that one relationship yes. and what's going on there. <laughs> but as you slowly, because you know, you're going to take your time and expend, don't start with the fifth house or the... Twelfth house if it's all you know or the seventh whatever you think this relationship belongs to uh, don't start there start at the one next to it so that's the last house you get to and by then they're so infused with um, that uh, the time that they've spent thinking about all those different relationships just that process alone eases it up so
2: that's yeah. brilliant
3: Kim thank you that's I I love that well. I love that approach that's
2: brilliant, brilliant. Mm -hmm. hi this is Quilly and I'm back I had to call in on my cell phone we lost power in the neighborhood so I kind of felt like well maybe the universe just didn't want me on this call but
0: (laughs) you know I'm not going to say no for an
2: answer right (laughs) good for you yeah but you know what was great is I actually could remember talk shoes number and the number of the call which is you know I never remember anything
1: that's, That's how important this is. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm impressed. That's
2: good Me too. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um I'm sorry I missed some of the stuff in my Well you panic. should listen
0: to the recording. Kim got Kim gave some good input on what she thought about your uh Libra sending. Um Kim, we we do have a link from Marilyn's return chart in the in the chat room just oh, so okay you're aware, so we make sure we have time to get to that before we wrap okay. up today.
1: All right, definitely. And just, be, we'll click there, but Quilly, I was uh, talking about, I'm pretty sure Libra is your midheaven in your natal chart. Is that true? Yep. Yes, yes, <coughs> So, 24. we would expect, yeah, okay, that's right, I thought it was in the 20s, and of course you have Neptune on the ninth, is it on the ninth mm-hmm. house? Uh, yeah, so, it, because you have Libra reiterated in, in your um, both those returns, we've got to be looking strongly
2: at that 10th house coming to the foreground for that year. Yeah, that's what I and was big, thinking too. Oh, there. And yeah, I also right. thought that it would help me be prettier. And oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> First house Libra.
1: Oh, it's so charming, yeah. The you get the Libra uh on the uh ascendant years, you just charm your way in and out of anything you want, you know, so you um yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun energy that way.
2: So yeah, Venus mostly. ruled, right? So so since yeah. it's Venus ruled. Now at that point do I look to where Venus is in the return chart or Venus in my, my natal? Well, you that look
1: was my at question. it. Yeah, okay, great. You look at it in the return chart. See, in the natal, it's always going to be your natal Venus because it's the Venus return. So it's always going to be, what is it, in Pisces, I think, in the...
2: Mm, No, my my, uh, Venus is uh, 17 Capricorn in the first.
1: Oh, it's Cap, that's right, it's Capricorn. I was thinking about your moon. Um, Right, so that is always going to... The, the natal Venus return in the natal chart is always going to be your natal Venus. So you want to look
2: first at where it falls
1: in the return chart, what house oh. it's in there.
2: It falls conjunct the IC.
1: Yes, okay, that's uh, great. So you're looking at fourth house and home and uh, connections to. These are these are like soul connections. It feels like the ground that you stand on. And they're very powerful connections. And it's like you dig very deep in mm-hmm. that year, that you go very deep and you attract on a really deep level. Sometimes we have more lighter and more kind of on-the-surface relationships, which is cool and fun, and we can learn a lot from those and play a lot with those. But I would say this year that it goes much deeper. It's like soul mining. You're going um, deep into the uh, richer layers of your relationship, richer layers of your um, heart and your creative self-expression. And bringing them. Because that's happening in the solar return. And then looking at what happens in the natal, it brings them to the foreground. It brings them right up there to the first house. Now, mm-hmm. there's a, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, the thing that you want to be super aware of is that sometimes, you know, the I see, we call it the I don't see.
0: Because
1: that's <laughs> don't see me. we've kept things hidden and I think that you there's going to be a lot of revelations in terms of relationship or that may come out through your artistry and I see it's very connected and it's like you're bringing some of your deepest soul resources out into the public eye this year
2: oh Ooh. okay well thank you that sounds exciting and that's going yeah. to start next February, but right. we've already gotten, oh. you know, all this stuff from this year going, and I'm very mm-hmm. excited about next February anyway. It seems like it's, I'm thinking it's going to be a good time. I thought that before I did the chart, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> yay. Definitely
1: Yay. All right, well, let's, Mar- Marilyn, what return are we looking at? Miss Marilyn yeah.
4: uh hi. Uh hi. Thanks. Um. Then I just I was just having a look at it actually whilst I was listening and um. Of course I haven't um, <laughs> done my homework. Um. It's the Mercury one. So it, it, an excuse. It has the asteroids on it. I normally change it over, but um. I was just playing with it actually this morning while I was listening. It's the you okay. have to excuse me, I'm a bit curious. Yeah, no, yes. Now
1: what we need is a link to your natal uh, chart might, because. Well, it,
4: which is nine hundred, I believe. Oh Hold on.
0: great. Well, oh,
1: crap,
4: crap, crap, crap. I've got all let my me check. Yep, mm-hmm. that's it. Nine
0: hundred. Beautiful. Thanks for having that. So I've got All right, yes.
1: so let's look at this guy. So first of all it said an intention. What would you like to glean from the Mercury return? Just the sentence. Asking...
4: Yeah. You asking me that, um, Yes. Uh, Kim? Oh. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, with Mercury, I guess contracts. Um, it is. It's only two days before my birthday, so there's um, a similarity, of course, with the uh, solar. Only, okay. I think Mercury was in the first in the solar. Um, it's uh, contracts, I guess, selling my house. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, all right. So, set an intention to. Uh, glean what you can about uh, contracts, exchange of of energy, flow of um, energy, that, uh, that sort of thing. So you get the kind of an idea. You can come back to this chart and set intentions around creative inspirations, flashes of ideas that you want to expand out uh, in a creative way or uh, modes of communication. You can come back to it, or you might have to. You might be signed up to do a workshop, or give a speech, or or uh, and and you can come back to this chart and look at it that way. But if we look at it in terms of contracts, so we set that intention. What's the first thing that you that strikes you, or anybody, everybody, jump in here about this Mercury return? Remember to look at both. The look at the natal as well. Where would you begin?
2: Oh, okay.
4: Well, it, it brings the fourth house into the second, um, which which could be money. <laughs> um,
1: okay, but
0: what? All right. So the it does. I see what you. Hang on. How how is that the fourth yeah. house into the second? I'd like. To yeah, because that. the
1: fourth house of the natal chart is. Virgo and Virgo mm-hmm. rules the second, but that's sort of what I want you to do is uh, focus on the ascendant first because
4: okay. Okay. you can right.
1: look um, you can look at the natal house cusps in relationship to the solar return one, but I think what that does is tell you more. Uh, for example, in the natal chart, you might say your natural approach to the second house is Cancer right? It's it's watery and it's compassionate and it's, it's very uh, empathetic. And also when it comes to money and finances, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this about strong Cancerian people, but they know, they count every penny. They're very aware. There's a, a um, very strong connection to their finances and like they will know exactly who owes who what, and where it all stands there's a super awareness there, and uh, so for this year, you would look and say okay it's virgo there's Virgo, so the virgo kind of loosens up that cardinal focus and uh, gives it a more more flexibility and uh, gets very wants to get very busy, very organized with it, so you would look at it that way, you would compare and contrast your approach to that area of life. But when it comes to the ascendant, the ascendant in the solar return chart or the mercury return, whatever the return is, has a much stronger focus. It is a uh, natural cardinal point. And so what house it represents in the natal chart is going to have more weight than any other uh, comparison of the houses in the na- in the natal and the mercury return. Does that, did I say that right? Does that make sense? Okay.
4: Well, it brings the third, but it also, it, to the, with the degree it brings the second, um, because the yeah. yeah. degree is my venus, natal venus. Yeah,
1: okay, so that ge- that's an important point. Don't worry about degrees, use whole signs okay. when you're looking at what house okay. is activated. So even if you had 28 degrees of leo on the ascendant uh you would and there's let's say one degree of leo in whatever house uh, that you're still looking at that leo house it's what house does leo rule in or if it's intercepted where is it where is it uh, caught between two signs so this definitely brings your third house to the foreground and what does that tell you
4: yeah, well, it's, um, it's, it's similar. You have to excuse me. I'm a bit teary today. I have been for a couple of days, so uh, I'll just make the okay. um, it, it, <laughs> it, um, it, uh Well, obviously, the uh, communication, which is it's quite similar to my solar return, and the third house is a, a major kind of significant house in my chart. Um, but it's also neighborhoods, it's also community, local environment. And with the moon there, I wonder, um, you know, apart from the emotional aspect, is the change aspect of the moon as well.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's worth uh, reiterating because where you find the moon is where things change. Things things tend to change. Think of the moon as the one that goes through all the signs once a month. It goes through all the phases once a month. And it does represent um, change in that sense. But because you set an intention to look at this chart in terms of contract, it's like the chart is speaking back to you because the third house rules contracts. And uh, the third house is the, is the actual contract. The seventh house is the signing of the contract. Oh, it's the third house, it's the contract. Oh, well, okay. It I rules. was
4: thinking. Yeah. Oh, okay,
1: Part- okay. Yep, it, oh, okay, it, cool. Right, because it is the written or spoken word and it is the agreement between um, two or more parties. It, the actual signing of it and what results from it in if there is a partnership will be seventh house. That's the signing on the dotted line, but the contract itself is the third. Okay. And when I look at your Mercury return and see Libra ruling the third house and your natal third house coming to the foreground it feels well certainly with libra there especially you get a feeling of uh fairness this is uh easy done fair it's easy to come to agreement um that that kind of feeling and leo you've got such a busy if we take the um yeah, you have to. asteroids yeah. aside, you've got a really busy uh, first house. There's a lot of focus. And what I would say is make sure that you don't settle for less. And that goes for any agreement that you make for the year. This has to resonate for you emotionally as well as on tick off all the other boxes. So if you get a deal with your home and you may feel you may find that you feel a lot more attached to your home and the home represents more to you than you realize and the actual when it comes down to selling it there's a let go that has to to occur but you've got to feel good on an emotional level it doesn't matter if it is the right price and it's the right length of the escrow and everything's all falling into place. If it doesn't feel right emotionally it's not a go. So you can listen to to those feelings. That strikes me um, with uh, the moon rising there. And Mercury where is Mercury? Second house. So and Libra. Okay, yeah, because you're natal. Okay. All right, so your natal Mercury, hang on, let's go look at where she is. Fourth. All right, on the cusp of the fifth Sixth. house. Um, so 1712, so she's just in a few degrees. Of the. I would read that both in the fourth and fifth, but... Um, yeah, I think also with the sun in the fourth house natally, changing the home represents a a lot. It's it's it. There's part of you who that wants to know, well, what's next? What's going to happen next? Where is your sanctuary going to be? Uh, because sanctuary is really important to you. So the feeling of having that lined up, but just even energetically, Jeanette, what would that look like? It, like if you knew, because you could look at your return and know, okay, there's change. I know home's really important. Jeanette, you've got experience in this because you've done a lot of home shopping um, over the mm-hmm. years. And uh, energetically, how do you line
0: up to support that? Uh, well, in the way a, I... The way mm-hmm. I did it was I practiced how I wanted to feel in my house. I wanted that feeling oh. of perfect fit, that feeling, because I didn't know exactly the details. I didn't know the acreage or the location or two floors or one. I didn't know, but I did know this. I knew how good it felt to be in it. I knew what, it, what a perfect, like it, this house is a perfect reflection of me. Like people would walk through the door and say, wow, this is so you. I, I practiced what it felt like, how, how much I enjoyed being there, how comfortable it was. Um, so the feeling of it, even though I didn't know exactly what it looked like.
1: I'm actually writing that down. <laughs> oh <my>
0: God, <laughs> you know, that's a good vibration practice. no matter whether we're out funding or not. To love it where you is. live, that's a good vibration to activate. Oh, it's so, it's so, so is.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: that feeling that. of nowhere else I'd rather be, like this is home <gasps> sweet home, this is completely perfect for me. That, and I have I've experienced that before, so it's an easy one for me to go back to. Mm. so if right, there's yeah. ever been a time in your life where you know you could draw from, that might make it easier to reactivate.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for offering
1: up that uh, return chart for us to look at. That's super. I love it. Okay. All right, so are we getting a feel for these annual returns and how we might use them and play with them? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, what would be really cool to do for this week is if there's an annual return that you haven't looked at, um, pop it, go ahead and take a few moments and do it and put it in the gallery so we can uh, look at it in the forum and just glean some some ideas from it, give everybody a little bit more practice and don't hesitate to go, you know, time is, time is, um, how do you finish that sentence? Time doesn't matter because you can go back, think of some major event that might've been Mercury or Venus or solar ruled. Let's go back to that year. Like I did on the example uh, call recording and uh, you can learn retrospectively you can learn by uh, examining what was in play energetically at a time where you experienced something um, quite powerful and that can help you with your future readings of these charts.
2: Also don't be afraid to pop ahead,
1: you know do a return Mm -hmm. for three years or four years from now, that's fun and tuck away your notes and and read them um, when when it comes to fruition and That's uh, super cool. Actually, just in saying that, I think I would really benefit by doing, reading my phone return like two years in advance and keeping the notes and then read them that year because there's no pressure then. It's like, okay, that's two Mm. years away. And it's like you're reading, it gets you a chance to read it as you would read it for someone else. But when you've just had your birthday or you're just looking at, okay, what's coming up, which is how I always do it, the it feels like the pressure's on. You know, okay, this is the year. I've got to get as much as I can out of it, and I really want to work on this focus or whatever. And, uh, yeah. I might start doing that, start reading uh, a couple years in advance and just storing those notes. <laughs> that might be really good for me. <laughs> that sounds like a good practice.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's good practice, too. Kim? She um, get-
3: uh- yes? Sorry, that is. I love that idea. By the way, I think that's brilliant. I'm going to totally steal that. Um, I have a technical question, and I don't know if it's really relevant. Well, it's sort of relevant to the topic because it comes. I keep seeing it in a return chart, and, um, and I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'm talking about the, um, you know, the idea of the, the the next planet to rise over the horizon. Yes. Um, and looking at that and i 've noticed a couple of times like um, i can 't remember the context, but i 'm sure there was a chart you were talking about a, a couple of weeks ago where the, the you referred to the rising planet and it was actually one that was had just risen over the horizon uh, mm-hmm. but i I thought I had also heard you say that um, that the next it 's the next one rising, even if that 's you know Uh, 120 degrees away oh yeah
1: yeah it could be in the it could be um in the third or fourth house depending on the chart pattern and yeah uh, yes, that's That's, still next planet to rise and you're right it has significance because of of that that it is heading for the horizon and that means it's coming to light so the energetic uh, uh, story of that planet is coming to light and it's going to um, shine into the return chart, whatever, whatever it is. I'm wondering if we have an example. Now, Marilyn's, of course, she's got moon next to rise any second. So. But if we dialed that chart back and put Taurus on the ascendant, her next planet to rise would be in, probably in the fourth house. So right, you don't right. look at it and think this is a rising <clears throat> planet, but it is. It's heading. It is. Heading it's the next up.
3: one to rise. So if if someone had say the next say an example like that, the the next planet to rise would be in the fourth house, but they've got one that's just risen. Would you be looking at the one that's just risen, or would you still just look at the one that's about that's that's next to rise?
1: Oh, I would be looking at both because the one that's just risen is within 10 degrees of the Ascendant. It's conjunct the Ascendant and that's going to be a, uh, like just looking at Marilyn's because it's in front of me. (laughs) If if, if this was a little uh, later, if this was like 15 minutes later, (laughs) we'd have have Moon in the 12th house but just risen. So we'd be looking at that conjunct the, it's conjunct the ascendant, so it's going to add its energetic pull to the, the ways and means that she projects herself out into the world, and people will see her yes. as, yeah Leo, so there's this fiery energy and this spark and this charisma, and the moon's there, so it feels like very deep compassion and emotional content of, uh, they will see, see that. But let's say we have a chart where that's going on and maybe the moon is, you know, eight degrees away from the ascendant or whatever in the 12th house. Mm. And then there's, uh, let's say, Saturn. Let's skip everything else she's got there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> let's say the next rise yep. <laughs> rise Saturn at 29 uh, degrees of Scorpio And we know, like, not right away, not right away in the year is that Saturn, that strength and that structure and the desire to build and that um, almost, it's it's a kind of patriarchal energy in the way, not in a negative way, but in a way that it commands and takes control and is self-sufficient and uh, capable, just incredibly capable vibe. That, we don't get that right away we don't get the the corporate Maryland um, instantly <laughs> but as the as the year unfolds uh, the that energy becomes more and more apparent because uh, of oh. how the chart keeps moving and we'd really you'd want to go and look at where Saturn is transiting in the natal chart so you'd want to Go and look at, think, okay, well, that's 6th house or 7th house, um, 6th house for her heading (coughs) 7th. So you'd you'd pull that in and know that, okay, that's part of this. And ultimately that has, we didn't talk about chart patterns, but looking at what's next to rise is basically you're looking at the chart pattern. And we have yeah. some really cool material on chart patterns in our, uh, that Essentials thread. I'll, mm. I'll go in there and find it and I'll add it in because it's a good time to revisit the chart patterns and think about them because, again, we haven't talked about them much yet, but it's uh, quite insightful to look at what the natal chart pattern is. For example, Marilyn has what I call a bowl, basically all her planets don't look at the nodes or points when you look at chart patterns, just stick to the planets. They're all contained more or less between 180 and 180 degrees. Can you see the bowl there? If you're looking at her. Yeah. Natal, not 900. Okay. So her, her approach is that bowl approach, which puts focus on the plan the houses that are activated in that bowl. And I think the tighter, the bowl um, becomes, the more focused the person can be in when they uh, get activated that way and, uh, in a project or whatever they're wanting to create. So we look at the return chart and we check the pattern there. And now, you've got to squint and eliminate the asteroids and just look at the planet. But I'm pretty sure we're going to have. This is what I would... call tilting my head. <laughs> oh, you can hear me <laughs> tilting my head. Uh, for some reason that helped. Um, I'm calling this a, sp- a splay, right? Where sh- there are three areas of the chart that are pretty strong. So we've got fourth and six there as one kind of arm of the splay. We've got one and two. Uh-huh. And we've got uh, Neptune and Uranus uh, in seven and eight. So we have a splay pattern. This is different from a bowl. And we know immediately that on an energetic level, the environment will require a kind of a different approach. And we've got to think of how is that going to feel uh, to her who is used to the more uh, natal uh, bowl energy, that focus kind of contained um, it's a more cautious energy. It doesn't move forward until things are kind of well planned, whereas the display requires more multitasking and more focus in different areas and perhaps more spontaneity. So wow. you can pl- play with that, play with patterns, because ultimately, when we talk about what's next to rise, we're talking about what pattern do we have in the chart.
3: That's fantastic. Thank you for that, Kim. That's really, really helpful Um, because that's not an area that I'd really been sort of paying much attention to when I was looking at my own, you know, the Mercury and Venus returns. And um, I'm going to go back and have another look and write notes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yay. That's great. Okay. Thank you.
1: All right, everybody. Let's all reconvene in the forum and I'd love to see some more returns in there that we can talk about and play with or obviously post any questions if you're listening to the call and you couldn't make it live. Uh, please pipe up about what you, what's going on for you, what return you want to look at, and any questions that this sparks.
0: Thank you, Kim. Can... Yeah, I, no, <laughs> I really enjoyed the conversation today. Thanks everyone who dialed in live for it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Thank you, Thank guys. You. See you in the forest. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: 18- plus.